Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Clark. For the last decade, I've had the privilege of learning from impactful leaders across the globe through my service in the Peace Corps and nonprofits. Their leadership has inspired me to highlight those among us who are truly impacting our world so that we may learn from them and be more impactful together. Yes, leadership can be learned. The guests on our show are providing direction, inspiration, and leading the way in their business and community through service. Are you ready to have an impact? Welcome to the Impactful Leaders Podcast. Good afternoon. It's not morning. <laughs> so for those listening, we're with Heather Ballou. She is the owner and founder of HB Consulting Co., which is a full-scale business development helping small businesses and nonprofits. So Heather, thank you for being here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so how exactly, we were just talking about it kind of um, off record, but we kind of talked about what you do, but how difficult it is to explain social media management <laughs> and stuff. So can you kind of break it down in larger contacts about exactly what you do and then how you're helping these businesses? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll kind of go big scale and then I'll I'll bring it in. So basically everything starts with a strategy. Um, business development is a such a broad term, which adds to the like difficulty of explaining what I do. Um, but what I like to do for clients is really look at each part of their business or nonprofit. So that's sales, uh, obviously revenue, um, partnerships, if you have e-commerce, um, uh, public relations, marketing, advertising, all of those things. So I like to say I'm a, we are a full-scale business development firm, but that truly means that we look at all pieces, but we don't necessarily do all pieces. Um, so if there's something like advertising, I'm not helping you with that, but I will refer you. You know, I have some trusted like partners that I can refer you to. So it all starts with a strategy. Um, I come up with a strategic plan and then on the parts that I do implement, that's where we kind of take it from there. Um, so for instance, I will implement public re relations and community relations, um, social media management, email marketing, um, can do a little bit of website design, definitely not a web developer, um, not writing code for you, but you know, WordPress, things like that, uh, can do that. Um, so for social media management specifically, we help you with um, like content creation, uh, the copywriting for the actual like caption of the post, um, hashtag research, um, making sure we have the right keywords for your post. Um, and then we also will schedule them, we'll post, we'll do some engagement with your current followers, with people you want to have as followers. Um, so it's, you know, it's, and, you know, you can break it down into little, um, we do a little bit of a la carte stuff too. So it doesn't have to be that full package, but if you wanted the full um, social media management package, that's kind of what that looks like. Nice. When yeah. it comes to one of the things that you usually talk about too, is using like the community yeah. aspect as well and kind of like the strategic partnerships. Can you explain yeah. what that is? That's kind of like a big, a lot yeah. of buzzwords in there, but I think sometimes right. people don't realize what that is yeah so a lot of that is like for instance um i have a good example of a nonprofit that's been around for about five years and um, when we started working together they were like i'm just not really getting the traction it's been five years like what's going on and so i think sometimes for small businesses and nonprofits they just are so bogged down by the day-to-day -day 
they don't have the opportunity to look for resources that are just right in their community. Like whether that be like people, you know, uh, just connections that know people, um, whether that be funding, whether that be um, like partnerships from business to business. Um, it's just, they don't have time to do that. So part of what I do is really, I like to call it community marketing. I don't know if that's like an actual term or not. <laughs> but <laughs> um, So what I do is help you like, Generally, I work with people for that part. I work for people um, here in Gwinnett County just because that's where, you know, I'm going to be the most helpful. Um, so I really help you take a look at what you're doing now, what your goals are, create that strategic plan, and then figure out who are the people and the pieces missing that will bring that puzzle together. Because honestly, like, I'm not necessarily always the one that's going to bring it together, but I'm able to bring the right people in for you. Um, so it's a lot of connections um, and and building those relationships for clients. So yeah, that's a good key one. Yeah, I always forget <laughs> that part. <laughs> but I mean, you are so connected. It's like that's how we were connected originally when I reached out to a mutual friend of ours, yeah. trying to figure out how to be more connected in Gwinnett County. He connected me to you. Right. Um, <laughs> and so, how do you balance all of that? Like, or I guess. When it comes to networking, a lot of people think you can just go to a chamber, go to some sort of event, maybe hand out, like I have a stack of business cards right here, get okay. a bunch of business cards. And I'm going to do business with all these people. Mm -hmm. Like what are kind of the tips you give when people are trying to start networking? Yeah. So a couple things. A, networking does not have to be so transactional. Um, I think and specifically several like of our age, my friends, they're like, Heather, I would never go networking. It feels so gross. Like I'm like, hey, this is what I can do for you. What can you do for me? So I'm always like, it doesn't have to be that transactional. It's all about relationships. So if you can, you know, find something, usually when I'm talking to people, I'm really actively listening to hear where I can connect my story to their story. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know, the other night I was at an event, I was at the Be for Business Alliance and somebody was talking about they played volleyball in high school and I was like, oh. What position you play? I I was setter, like you know, obviously very short setter, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, so like really being an active listener and then finding ways, even if it's something so simple, or like you both have dogs and then you mm -hmm. like show pictures of your dogs, whatever. You both have kids. Uh, finding that mutual like point to come together and then go from there. I would not advise people or clients, friends, whoever, to like go into networking and just immediately be like, here's all my business cards and how can we do business? Because people, you know, that's a little, that is icky, but don't do it that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like meet people where they are, you know, and also too, you can't just go, I think you were kind of going here, you can't just go one time. Um, you have to keep showing up because what's that they say at the chamber, it's like the no like, and trust factor. Mm -hmm. um, so you go one time and unless you're just like, the coolest person ever and like <laughs> people are they just really connect with you that one time um it's going to be really difficult to create those yeah. relationships um so yeah those are a couple of things that i always tell clients and friends i'm like these are what, this is what you got to do <laughs> i think you were in the chamber that one time i talked about i was in a workshop a couple, maybe a month or two ago at this point and we were talking about how to get to the bullseye of being getting to a point of if you think about it goes from grin to greet and then I think the next one was like who's the one that opens the doors for you so they're like they're putting yeah. your name out mm -hmm. there yeah. without being asked right 
like how do you get to there and then mm -hmm. to get from that grin to greet where it's like instead of you just walk into the room people are smiling they recognize your face somehow but they don't know why yeah. they don't say anything <laughs> and then greet is like oh i come up i'm like hey heather whatever like blah 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 how's it going oh, good to see you but it takes i think they said like 86 hours to get from that grin to greet of, right of like relationship building and then the worst mm -hmm. part about it is and this was a study by northwestern Mm -hmm. that once you get to the greet stage people will say like hey do you know heather and the person will go yeah i know heather but i think this person is better to work with so like to get to that yeah. part where people introduce your thing it's like another 100 hours of right. relationship building to get to that point where like you heather are going to be out there shoving my name in people's voice mm -hmm. and people's like uh conversations or like what we were talking about off yeah. record today and it's just ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, um, one thing specifically about Gwinnett, and I'm sure, you know, several counties in the metro are like this, but because they're like a pretty close-knit group, if you're in several of these, like I know both of us were in several different networking groups, but mm -hmm. sometimes it's similar faces. You know, you at least have like three to five of the same people and you kind of yeah. go to these together. So that really helps too. So like on Tuesday, you're at one thing with them on Friday morning, you're at the chamber with them, mm -hmm. you know, in a couple of weeks, you see them again. And so honestly, those hours you're talking about, it sounds insane and makes me want to throw up when I hear it like that. <laughs> but if you really think about it, if you're, you know, actively doing these things, it's not that hard to rack those hours up in the month. Um, if you're going to different ones. Yeah. And then how would you recommend that someone that may be more introverted mm -hmm. to do those things and then i'm going to link that back to social media in a sec but yeah how do uh, you... find a andrew and a heather um because and i think <laughs> i feel like somebody was it cedra that said this that um i don't know if Maybe. you were there when she when she did her talk at the chamber um but she was like introverts find you an extrovert and mm. um i think it's just I mean, sometimes you can't automatically do that right, um, but it's that, but also it's, you know, just, and this is so much easier to say than actually doing, as I'm saying this, I'm rolling my eyes at myself, but it's like, be confident in what you have, you bring to the table. Sure, like, you don't know yourself, like, you know that you're not going to go to this meeting and talk to every single person. Set a goal, like, hey, today, I'm not feeling it, but I am like here to talk to two people and really try and build that connection. Um, make that goal and then really try and stick to it. And mm -hmm. then you can increase every time, you know, if it's two the first time, maybe the next time it's three, maybe the next time it's seven, you know, really just try to increase that. Or even if your goal doesn't go that way, maybe it's, hey, this time I'm gonna meet two people and then next time I'm gonna meet two people and then ask them to go to lunch. Yeah. You know, it's that, it's just increasing it. I don't, I think it's harder for introverts, but it's not impossible. Yeah. Um, it's definitely possible. And then kind of the same question, but for social media, it's one of those things where mm -hmm. a lot of people think, I don't want to have to put everything that I'm doing. Like, do I have to take a picture of my food? Like all <laughs> right. of that stuff. Like how do you, what's your strategy when it comes to social media and kind of managing that specifically for someone that may be an introvert and like, what would you say to them? Right. So myself, I, I like to call myself an ambivert uh, because I'm a little bit of both. Uh, I drive, I get a lot of energy from people. So that's probably the extroverted part. But then I'm like, all right, I need a couple of days to not talk to anybody. You know, my weekends are usually like, I can't speak to people. Um, 
So similarly on social media, I personally have a hard time like being in my stories, but I know that that is one thing specifically that drives followers, that drives engagement. Um, And so what I would say for people like myself that are really uncomfortable with that is just start doing it at least similar, like set a goal. Maybe you do it once a week and it's, it's not even, you know, you're not getting in there talking for 30 minutes. You're just like, your face is on camera for maybe a minute and it's like, (laughs) Hey, this is my week, whatever. Um, But also too, if you have a business or a nonprofit, do like um, focus on your teammates, have them jump in. Like it doesn't always have to be you to really utilize their strengths of, you know, if they enjoy things like that, um, maybe make them (laughs) the honorary face, you know? (laughs) So, yeah. And then when you have those people that are starting their business, I think everyone, I shouldn't say everyone, a lot of people though, <clears throat> start in, they're like, man, I have to open up my TikTok page. Mm-hmm. I have to do my Instagram page. I have to do this. Like, what is mm-hmm. your recommendation for when someone's starting up? Should they mm-hmm. just start away with all those social medias? Or do you think there's kind of steps they should take beforehand? And how do they get to that point to start yeah. doing social? Like, what's the indicator to start social? I think it's based on your goals. So there could be a different answer for everyone. I'll tell you kind of what I did. Um, I personally had, was really active on my personal LinkedIn, um, you know, several years prior to starting my business. And um, I think that really helped when it was time to start my business social media pages um, because I already had a pretty good, like, you know, following, it's not following on LinkedIn, but, you know, like connections on LinkedIn and so it was easy to transition and then, you know, request people to follow that. So I, I think it's different for everybody, but it's just based on your goals. Um, so for instance, like if you have a really good following on your personal Instagram, maybe start there because that's going to be where you'll be able to pull from similar to how you do, like pull from your personal network to support your business. Um, so that's probably what I would say. And then what kind of clients, so when you're out there networking, who are you trying to who are you hoping what clients come to you when you're in those rooms, I yeah. guess? Yeah, so currently I don't have like a client avatar. You know, they're like, yeah. they play tennis, they uh, eat at Pure Downtown Duluth. You know, I don't really have that, <laughs> but um, I do have a pain point. Um, and so it's typically anybody that's been around, you know, maybe about the two-year mark or more, and they're really just not seeing the traction that they were hoping to see. They're not able to meet their goals and they can't really figure out why. Sometimes that is, um, they need to do better job at digital marketing. And sometimes that need to do a better job at community marketing um, and public relations. And so mm-hmm. really uh, that's where we, I really take a holistic view and then put in the plan and go from there. Um, but it's really that, that pain point of like, I just, I don't like hitting their head against the wall. Like, I don't know what's happening. Why can't I figure this out? Uh, that's where I can be most helpful. <laughs> what's your general when that person comes to you, where do you start? Like if you have like the big bowl of spaghetti and it's all tangled mm-hmm. up, where do you mm-hmm. start to untangle that mess? Um, I typically start with social media when we're like talking about our plan, just because it's an easier, you know, it's got numbers, you can track it. Um, and if they're in the weeds, you know, pretty heavily, it might be a little harder to, and especially if they're stressed, it's going to be a lot harder to talk about budget right off the bat or revenue right off the bat. So you got to ease it in, you know? Um, so usually I start with digital marketing because it's easy and, um, 
usually there's a quick answer and then, you know, making it realize like, this is comfortable, we're fine, you know, we're just talking and then go from there. Um, usually then my next focus is community. Uh, so what are you doing in community? How are you involved? What, what groups are you a part of or your business a part of somebody else here? Um, so that's kind of my, my structure. And then we get to the really hard stuff. Which is what? <laughs> Which is typically revenue. Um, and for nonprofits, um, fundraising, grants, things like that. Mm -hmm. So when you mean the revenue, what are you kind of looking at when you're digging into that? Um, so for small businesses, sales. So if like, if they're like, you know, our goal is to make um, 10,000, 20,000 a month or, you know, what I'm just making that up, whatever yeah. it is. Um, but they're only making 5,000 a month. Well, that's a problem. And why is that? So what are we doing? You know, if you're a, um, if you're a brewery, like, do you have specials, you know, on the days that have lower customers, like on Mondays, are you doing, are you doing something fun on Fridays? Do you have a band? Do you have karaoke? Things like that. So we're really mm -hmm. digging straight into like the problem of, you know, this is what we're seeing. So what, what are you doing now? And then that will help me know what we need to do in the future. And then when it comes to the nonprofit side and the fundraising, what do you, where do you usually start in that sector? Yeah. So a lot of times, um, or I'll say what I've seen in the year I've been doing this uh, and a couple of nonprofit clients I have, um, typically the folks that I see, they don't really have a plan for fundraising. So that strategic plan is so key. Um, and once you get a plan in place, I mean, similar for business too, uh, but once you get a strategic plan in place, it's much easier to go from there. It's like the mud has just like, you know, wiped away from your eyes. You're like, okay, now I know what to do. Um, so it's really starting there. And then it's also putting together a fundraising and sponsorship package. Mm -hmm. So really being clear about, you know, if a business gives me this much money, this is what you get in return. Um, mm -hmm. If and, and maybe they're different. Like you have a, a business option and you have a corporation option, which is usually a, a lot higher dollars. Um, if you're looking for grants, I don't, I know how to grant right. I don't want to, so I don't do that part. But if you're looking for grants, I'll help you kind of find them and then help you uh, be matched with a good grant writer. So um, that's kind of how it goes for a nonprofit. What's the thing that most people are overlooking when it comes to the strategic planning? Like, is there like a theme that you find that everyone, it's almost always the same thing? Um, honestly, strategic partnerships. I harp this like a million times over because a lot of times, and, and I see it two ways. One way for business mm -hmm. is it's like, I, why would I partner with another business? Like that, that didn't make sense to them. They're like, we're just in our lane trying to make our money, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, everybody can't do everything, right? Even if it's as small as partnering with another company, if maybe they have your ideal customer as well, but you, you give something totally different, you bring something totally different to the table, how can you both partner to then, you know, share those customers? Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times businesses, they definitely don't want to do that, or at least don't think about that because it feels icky, but it's definitely not. It's like, how can we both grow together? Um, and then for nonprofits, a lot of times, and especially for nonprofits that have a lower budget, um, there's a scarcity mindset of everybody's going for the same funds. And if I partner with another nonprofit, they might get the funding I'm trying to get, or they might understand my secrets or something like yeah. that. 
Um, and it's really not like that. There is so much money to go around. You just have to tap into the people that uh, really care about your mission, especially for nonprofits. You know, find those folks. Where are they at? Go to them. Typically, if they're having a, t a tough time fundraising, it's because they're not going to the people that actually care about what they're trying to sell. You know what I mean? So that's that's usually what I see. <laughs> yeah, fundraising is one of those things. At the beginning, when the nonprofit's starting, it's they're always okay. it's always one of yeah. I, um, yeah. But that fits really well with kind of one of the organizations that I helped you with, mm -hmm. where you do a lot of like community engagement, corporate and social responsibility, you know, mm -hmm. programs, initiatives, et cetera. Like how, what else are you doing in that space? I know you were trying to keep something going every so often with that and yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so um, I my HP Consulting's corporate social responsibility is um, we, currently I did it one time last year um, and this year I would like to do it twice. I would love to have like a buy yearly i was about to say bi-quarterly and i would just die but um, bi-yearly event um where basically hb consulting puts it all on um and so for instance the event i did last year was with sapria which is an organization yeah. um helping adults that are survivors of child sexual abuse um so i put on a paint and sip posted it at Wintage wine bar in duluth and then brought on my my strategic plan for this was to bring on sponsors that I thought what could potentially be longtime donors or at least one time, you know, a year donors for that organization. Um, because what I'm trying to do is not only raise money in that event, but also create relationships for that nonprofit that they might not have known about, if, mm -hmm. you know, have access to. So, um, yeah, so I would love to recreate that kind of, you know, twice a year. And um, really, it's it and you know it's it's not like the ticket prices are going to Heather. It's all the funds go straight to the nonprofit um, or to pay for the event. Obviously, event costs. But um, yeah, that's kind of how we're tackling that right now. And then of course we do give um, I have a nonprofit in Athens, Georgia, that I give monthly to. And so uh, making sure that we're not only doing one or two times a year, but also being active monthly. Mm -hmm. um and then of course volunteering you know whenever possible so, yeah. yeah um what was the most difficult part of setting up that, that <laughs> event honestly registration um and it's not because people didn't like care about what was happening it was just you know folks are busy and it was around i tried to keep it it was in fourth quarter so it's around all the holidays mm -hmm. i think it was beginning of November, because I was trying to stay far enough away from Halloween, but then also far enough away from Thanksgiving. <laughs> so it was like, uh, or maybe it was October, I don't know. Anyway, it was just a lot of uh, things going on there during that time. So that's something that I learned too about, I need to be more intentional of when I'm planning these, because it does affect, you know, how many people are going to show up and be able to give um, based on the time frame. Did you have a good amount of people not show up from that? Because, I mean, it was a pretty full room. No, no, it didn't stop. I think there was only two people that didn't show up. Uh, two of my good friends, by the way. Uh, I won't <laughs> call them out here. I'll put it in the comments. No. <laughs> um, so there was only like two that didn't, but there were several that I reached out to that just automatically knew they couldn't come because of the timing. Um, so bummer because it could have been a bigger crowd. Uh, but the ones that said they could come did. So that's good.
I'm because I would like to do more events as well. It's just one of those mm -hmm. like different things. Again, it takes so much time and right. I think it's similar to fundraising a little bit where if oh, you're right. it's a bit awkward, I don't want to say awkward, but it is a little bit awkward <laughs> trying to get people to sign up for an event. And then if, right. I forget, did you, I sponsored, so I don't know, yeah. was there a payment behind the tickets to do this, to come and sip and paint? Yeah, so everybody had a ticket price. Um, and then of course sponsorships, they got, I think I had two tickets with each sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, which that was also pretty interesting to figure out on like the back end of like, with sponsorships, I needed to take off the ticket price from like my actual like revenue, you know, amount and like really, um, because then also it was drink tickets. Anyway, so it was a learning curve for me too to learn how to like do it on the back end too. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Are you think you're going to do another sip and learn for the next one? Um, no, actually, not that I won't do that again because that was really fun. Um, but I would love to do, um, and I'm I've started kind of the planning a little bit, but I would love to do like a what did I call it? It was bark, bend, and bruise or something like that, and have um, where you bring your dog and uh, or cat, I guess if you wanted, uh, bring your animal. And there are um, animal professionals. So like groomers, vets, um, just people to like check and make sure they're healthy, trim some nails, you know, do some um, like excretion or whatever they need to. And um, then while your dog or animal is doing that, you're having like a 15 minute, like um, stretching or yoga session. And then there's beer or whatever, Coke, you know, whatever you want to drink. Um, but then all of the proceeds go to, I would love for it to go to the Gwinnett Humane Society um, or the, yeah, the Humane Society because the shelter is government funded. Um, but there would be like vendors and people that maybe sell dog bandanas or whatever, you know, yeah. they want to be there. So that's how you get, they would have the vendor fee and that's how you, you know, give all that back to the nonprofit. There's ticket prices, you give that all back to the nonprofit. Um, so hopefully that's the next one. And I'm thinking around May or June, um, but in fairness, I've only sort of started planning it. So it might be more like August. <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of like the last thing here is you also just got a van. So you're going to be traveling around and doing the nomad life a little bit. Yes. Yeah. So um, just got a camper. And um, so I'm really excited about that because this year, personally, my three words are um, flexibility, freedom, and opportunity. And not that I don't love living in a tiny apartment in downtown Duluth, but I would just, you know, really love to have that opportunity to kind of live a different life and be able to travel on the weekends and just get up and go. Um, so I'm very excited about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Are there, yeah. um, do you have any big things that you want to push right now? Any like sort of programs you have coming out, people you're looking yeah. to get to work? Yeah, so I don't have any events just yet. Be on the lookout. Um, but I am going to start a new service soon. Um, and it's still very much in the in the infant stage. So, you know, when you talk to me in a month, it might be completely different. But as of now, <laughs> um, I would really love to be able to help because currently I help um, small businesses and nonprofits. And when I say small businesses, it's typically very small businesses, you know, a team of like two to five. 
Um, but I would love to help a little bit bigger businesses, you know, revenue anywhere from like 250,000 to a million, uh, really help them with their corporate social responsibility. Mm -hmm. So help them do the vetting of nonprofits, uh, make sure that or community groups, whatever it looks like, um, make sure that, you know, that fits with their brand. And, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, they weren't doing something else. And now the business is like, oh my gosh, we would have never, you know, partnered with that person or what, or that group. Um, so really taking on that research responsibility and then also vetting any, um, like if folks reach out, you know, in the middle of the year, like, hey, will you donate? I'll help them vet that as well. So we'll see. I don't know. That's still, uh, still infant stage, but I haven't fully fleshed it out. But hopefully in a couple months, that'll be live. <laughs> and then for those that want to reach out to you, how do I mean, I'll have it in the show notes, but yeah. where else could they reach out to you? Yeah, so uh, you can reach me at my email at hello at hbconsultingco.com or um, they can call me. My cell phone is 256-295-6611. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Heather. I really appreciate yeah. your time today and um, I'll be talking to you soon. Okay, absolutely. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you.